Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show on the Strickland YouTube channel. Listen to this day after Strickland Podcast Network. Um, Knicks lose once again, 109 101. Um, as you see right there by Cactus Shack, series is over. That kind of pretty much is the vibe around here. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I really don't know where to start with this game. Um, you could start with Nick's poor effort on multiple occasions throughout this game, but yeah, I mean, the writing's on the wall. You could see like guys' effort tonight. Um, I, I think. Yeah. I think you should have started with fucking coaching because he, like, despite the fact that they couldn't defend and like the effort was pissed poor, this is the best offenses looked in the first four games. And it's like, why the fuck did it take us four games to make this change offensively? Made no fucking sense whatsoever. And it turns out Josh Hart is not the Jimmy Butler stopper. Like, if you look at the first halves in all of those games, that was Jimmy Butler's worst first half. And I'm not saying Quentin Grimes is the fucking somewhat defensively, but like, he did more than enough to hold up on his own. And he changed the way we um, played offensively and he changed the way they defended. And somehow, some way, we just did not want to start him. And then we went from playing him like 20 something minutes to fucking 42. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't fucking know what we're doing here. I don't know why it fucking took four years to get to this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, as Tyrese pointed out, Nick's Dibs finally made the switch of putting Grimes back in the starting lineup as it has worked almost all of the regular season. Um, but it's a case of too little, too late. Um, you know, make this adjustment after game two, even after you win. Probably have a better chance of, you know, being in control of the series a little bit. But, yeah, I mean – and that fourth quarter was absolutely brutal. I mean, both teams couldn't hit a sh- single shot to save their lives. It was very reminiscent of the Cavs um, game five, where both the Knicks and the, the 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 Knicks couldn't hit a shot, but the Knicks just got all the offensive rebounds. Same case here. He got all the offensive rebounds. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Knicks just didn't show any effort on that end. Um and that's what that's what ultimately killed us in the end. Um, and we could talk about the, the shitty whistle too as well. I think that definitely impacted this team. But once again, it comes down to to hustle and effort in a lot of these situations. Um, Schwinn, your thoughts on tonight's game as you have joined us? Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I think playoff losses can be revealing. Um, not going to pretend like it's some fucking awesome thing. We should all celebrate it, but um, you're probably finding out things about this team that you wouldn't have figured out. Like if they had lost to Cleveland in round one, we'd probably just chalk that up to whatever and move on. Um, I think this series loss is a little bit different because um, I think it reveals a lot about Tibbs. I think it reveals a lot about Randall, those two very specifically to me. Um, and that, yeah, there are probably some limitations with, you know, other pieces, but like Tibbs 
like the difference in coaching is so just look at look at who closed today for Miami. And then look at who closed for Miami in game one. Look at who closed for them in game two. Look at who closed for them in game three. It's different guys. And like to me, Tibbs was doing that pretty well. Um very much so in the regular season. But I think through the playoffs, he's really cut down on who he really trusts in. And like to go from being willing to bench Randall down the stretch of that game against Cleveland in game four and closing with Obi to not even giving him a minute in the second half. Like, you know, guys got to play better and all this shit, but I think Barkley was talking about it at halftime, but like Spolster gives his guys confidence and that's not something that every coach does. And if you were Deuce McBride, how would you feel any confidence today? Like you clearly were only playing and it was very obvious you were only playing because Brunson had to sit for a little bit in the first half. And then you played in the fourth quarter because Randall fouled out or Josh Hart fouled out, whoever the fuck fouled out. Like it's, you're not going to have confidence and, and maybe that doesn't matter to certain people. Like it matters to me. I think that clearly is a reason why Miami gets so much out of guys that really you wouldn't think they would get that much out of. Um, so I think it's – and then, like, you're getting destroyed in the glass in the fourth quarter. We can sit here and talk about, like, you know, RJ's got to box out, Randall should make a better effort, Mitch, whatever. You can say all these things. You're playing big to ostensibly control the possession battle in that sense, control the glass. If that's not working, do you, can you pivot? No. Tibbs cannot pivot. We know this. Like, he has shown this over – his entire time in New York, he won't pivot. He's not going to play Randall at the five. He's not going to do small ball stuff. He's just, it's not going to happen. And that is a problem to me. To me, like, if you're a coach that in 2023, it there's no scenario where you'll only play with one big on the floor or play small or however the fuck you want to phrase it. If you are not willing to do that in 2023, then there's just, almost, I, I, would, I feel really strongly that there's a glass ceiling or not a glass ceiling, but there is a ceiling um, with how far you can take a team. And I think the Knicks have more talent than this Miami team. I think that um, they had better depth coming into this series, and we're not seeing it in part because, yeah, sure, guys aren't shooting well, but also how they're being deployed. I don't think it's a coincidence that magically the starting lineup looked better today. And, oh, the offense played much better today than it did in game three and you know yeah it the, the offense was fine in game two that was also the one game jimmy didn't play like i i don't know how we can not talk about that part of it um the games jimmy had played until today did not look good in those starters minutes for a lot of them and today all of a sudden like i'm not saying they were fucking amazing or that grimes was out there killing it but like I think you could pretty obviously see the difference in spacing. They respected his spacing. Yeah, there's there's a lot more space for guys to operate. And, you know, like, look, Josh Hart, he plays his ass off. He had a terrible game today. And awesome. he didn't shoot the ball. He, he refused to shoot the ball. The one three he took was that ridiculous air ball to start the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, but, like, you know, you can go on and on in circles. But, you know, Tibbs uh, – I'm sorry. I just, I'm not like, I'm happy. He went to Grimes. That's, that's good. 
and I'm happy he made that change that at least he's able to have that flexibility to go back to that. But tactically, like, you like look at the shots that Miami's getting. Like, they're running guys off ball. They're getting all these driving kick actions, and it's like, we can't get that at all. Like, we, we, we don't get any of that. There's no off-ball action, and that shit is okay in the regular season. But this is always the concern of the playoffs, where it's like, if a team can really lock in and they're disciplined and they're going to keep you off the, off the offensive glass, how, how much does beating the shit out of a team and being physically stronger, like, how much does that stuff matter? And, like, I love Mitch, but you're seeing some of his limit, like, not just seeing you, like, his limitations are on full display in this series. I mean, not it didn't matter because the game was over at that point, but at the very end of the game, he gets the offensive rebound. Why the fuck are you putting the ball on the floor there? Just fucking go up with the ball. Um, he, he's, uh, he can't make a free throw. Like there's just a lot of limitations with him offensively. Uh, the spacing, you, he, he's not a particularly good screen setter. He did get a good screen on Vincent today, but he's not a particularly good screen setter. He's obviously not some capable playmaker with the ball in his hands. So you're always operating from a, uh, from like, and then like, look, I, I don't think Bam is particularly great, but if you give Bam an advantage offensively, he can capitalize on it. Right. And not just as a scorer, he can kick out to like he can find shooters he's capable he's a capable decision maker there's a real limitation with mitch there and so like yeah you're seeing some of these roster capability or issues and some of the tips issues but like julius randall i don't even know what to say about that game today because like offensively he was okay um like it this was not you know the the hawk series type stuff his best playoff game offensively efficiency wise yeah, I mean, I, I guess depending on how you look at efficiency, if you look at turnovers and shit like that, I would say it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, like shooting-wise, but yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, his defensive effort. It wasn't there. That I last was, closeout was, by K- on Caleb Martin. I, I'm at least, at, least that, at least that one, I'm like, okay, he played the entire second half. Maybe he's gassed. I can, like, I can kind of. You're giving my, him a little bit of lead. I, I can like I can understand that one. It's late in the game. Fine, like he's maybe he's just got fine, but he's doing shit. He had one possession today where he's just watching Kevin Love like amble around the screen. He's literally watching him, and he doesn't make any contest, and he just expects Mitch to switch and go contest the shot. And Mitch actually did. I mean, late because he probably wasn't expecting Randall to just mail it in, but like that was constant. I mean, there was that one possession in the third quarter. Where he switches on to Jimmy because he doesn't want to fight over a screen, which is okay, fine. I, I'm fine with Randall switching on to guys. Then they ran another pick and roll to to have him to have Bam screen Randall, and he made no effort to fight over. He just gave Jimmy the left hand drive, and Jimmy had an uncontested layup. And it's like, man, like I like I don't think Mitch was particularly great today. I, I'm fine with like, criticizing him; it's fine. But when I see people talking about like Mitch has been terrible on defense, but and, like, it's like he's defending fucking two guys on his own, like. He, he, Randall is not there defensively. He was just not there defensively. Um, then he, had, there defensively he, had, he had those two pick six turnovers to start the game, which are ridiculous, especially the second one where he like makes the laziest, most telegraphed pitch to Brunson, which Vincent, I think, was a Vincent that stole it. And and then he just throws his hands up and has a fucking hissy. Doesn't hit. run back on defense. Doesn't run back on defense. Brunson actually like gets Bam to miss the fucking layup. And... Because Julius might have been able to get the rebound because he, but he didn't fucking run back, so he didn't get it. And like you just, those are just fucking losing plays, man. And if you're a 22 year old, like I thought RJ Barrett again, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing from him offensively as a scorer. Um, I think I think the, all that stuff is really good. I think his decision making has been better, although he had some sloppy ones today. 
But like I, I, you know, his boxing out and all that shit, like it was not great today. He, I mean, the fourth quarter, he, I think like three of those offensive rebounds were his guy. Just not, he just didn't, he was totally checked out. What did he end up with? Like two rebounds today? He had that one where him and Grimes where it's like, I don't know what the hell happened there. He had another one where he stepped on the line for no reason. That's the second time he's done that. I think he did that. He did it in a regular season game Cleveland. too against, like, yeah, against Cleveland, the last one. Um, like that stuff actually still concerns me with RJ. But at least with him, I'm like, okay, he's 22. It's his like first playoff series with stakes and not just stakes, but like you're playing a team with experience and blah, blah. I can wrap my head around that shit. I can't get there with Julius Randle. You're fucking 28 years old. I understand he hasn't played a lot of playoff basketball at all. He's played as much as, as, as RJ has. You have to be way more like his, first of all, today, you could maybe deal with that performance if it didn't come on the heels of whatever the fuck that was on Saturday, where he's just out there fucking doing nothing, like absolutely doing nothing and basically selling his teammates out. You could maybe live with that performance today if it doesn't come on the heels of that, but it does come on the heels of that, right? So you have to be like locked in. You've got to give everything you've got. And do I think like, I, I think the Knicks actually played pretty fucking hard today. And I know people are going to look at the rebounding differences and they're just going to be like, oh, like they didn't fucking try hard. No, I think like RJ Barrett is just, he like this should be a learning lesson for him. And hopefully he does learn from it where it's like, yeah, no, you have to box guys out. That That's how this works. Like you have to box guys out. Um, and whatever, like I, I can wrap my head around all that. I'm just, I can't deal with the guy that's 20 years old and sh- and and starts the game I mean, like, you're talking about setting a tone. What fucking tone did he set? Did he set the tone of, like... Tone of I, shit. Nobody, like, we don't have to make extra efforts. Uh, don't take personal responsibility for my mistakes. Don't, don't fucking try and help your teammates out defensively. Don't make the extra... Like, it, it was just such a ridiculous display from him. And um, I'm still kind of of the opinion that if you want to run this team back next year, for the most part, that's okay with me because I think this team will win a lot of regular season games. I think they know what they are in the regular season and that helps. But if you want this team to get to the next level, I think I the don't believe Julius. Has to happen. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think Julius Randall or Tom Thibodeau are going to be part of an actual contending next team. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't they know. After, wrong. The dynasty comes after them in the words of Draymond yeah. Green. Yeah, maybe. Um, and, and, I could be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before. God knows that. Um, but this was always my concern with Julius. Like, regular season shit is good. But can I trust you in the playoffs? Can you keep it together? Can you fucking stay locked in? And I get it. He's had the ankle injury, and who knows how that's affecting various things. I have a really hard time watching his performances through this playoffs. You know, you go from game one against Cleveland through you know, the end of game four, and then he starts game five, amazing in Cleveland, and he gets hurt, and then he comes back against Miami in game two, and he looks fucking great, and he just mails it in in game three, and you're like, what the hell? And then you get a performance like this today where it's like, if you just look at the box score, you're probably like, oh, yeah, he probably looks like he had a pretty decent game. I, I mean, if you watch that game, I don't know how you could come away from it being like, yeah, no, Randall had a, had a had a solid game. Like, that's just not what happened. And look, credit to Miami because – uh the Knicks made all kinds of stupid plays every time they got it within, you know, t- within three or four, a couple points, whatever it was, 
they'd make a stupid play and then Miami capitalized on it and then they'd capitalize on their play and boom, the lead is back out to seven or eight again. They did that the entire game. Um, and that to me is the difference between these teams right now. Where it's like you see a team that's been there, done that, knows what they can and can't get away with, understands the stakes. I mean, just really small stuff like, you know, Grimes got a couple rebounds and he didn't actually end up turning the ball over. There are times you get the rebound and like Kyle Lowry's around him and he's just like casually holding the ball. And it's like, no, you got to fucking lock in here. Like, like keep the ball high, hold it fucking tight, like, or just dribble the fucking ball up. But like, these are the things that he needs to experience and have that. And like, he'll come come out better for it in the long run. But you have, but you're playing a team where all these guys have been there and done that, right? Gabe Vincent, like he's one of the least experienced guys in the team. He was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. He was starting games for them last year. Uh, you know, fucking Jimmy Butler, obviously, bam, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry. Two of those guys are NBA champions. Butler and Bam have been to an NBA Finals. They've been to multiple Eastern Conference Finals. Um, like, these guys have experience, a lot of experience that the Knicks just flat out don't have. And on top of that, they have the best coach in the league who's elevating guys that... <laughs> like, look, there are Miami fans who think that, like, Spolstra is the best coach in the league. Jimmy Butler is the best, like, best player in the series. And actually, their talent from, you know, 1 to 10 is just as good or better than the Knicks. And everybody... Like, it's like... if. If Spolster's the best coach in the series, which he is, and he's the best coach in the league, and if Jimmy Butler's by far the best player in the series, like, I don't know. Something's, like, I'm not sure about all that. Like, I, I think you're, if you, I think if you put almost any other coach with this roster, they're not getting what they get out of Kevin Love. They're not getting what they get out of uh, Cody fucking Zeller. They don't get what they get out of Caleb Martin, who can eat a fucking bag of dicks with that dirty-ass bullshit to Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter. Uh, they're not getting what they get, but they, what he is out of Gabe Vincent. Like, you know, the list goes on fucking Haywood, some, some, something called Haywood Highsmith plays basketball <laughs> for them. Uh, like, like the, what he gets out of these guys is incredible. And I actually think Tibbs has done a pretty solid job this year, but you know, there's meat say, on the bone. Yeah. It's not just that there's meat on the bone. It's just, even if you think that this is what this, this year's team was ultimately capable of at their most, which I don't think is absurd. I still think when you watch this team and then you watch how other teams play, you have to believe that other coaches would consider using talent and deploying it in different ways than he does. And whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, it is at least a thing to consider. Um, and, and we'll see how this series ends. But this offseason is, it'll be interesting to see how they manage it. Because it's been a successful season, and you can't take away from that. And I think it's important that like they don't rush into any decisions. You know, I, I like if you ask me today, what would I want to do? I'd be like, yeah, if you can make a good trade for Randall, and if you, you know, if you, there's a coach that you're comfortable with, make a change there. Sure, I can say all that, and I, I kind of, I believe it. At the same time, I'm also like, you know, they've lost. I mean, I think game one. And game and game four, they lost by what seven and what did they lose by today? Eight, whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Those are within the margins to me. Like I know that it doesn't feel that way, but today's game especially felt like this was totally within their grasp. If they fourth quarter killed us yeah. with the offensive glass, yeah, offensive glass, stupid mistakes and stupid moments. So like, if you think dumb that, fouls, yeah, if you, and and so if you think that like this team, and, you know, obviously you've got a lot of young talent here, RJ, quick, you know. um, even Mitch is he's only twenty four. Hartenstein's only twenty. Or Mitch Hartenstein's twenty five now. 
Is Mitch 25 now too? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Grimes, obviously pretty young. Deuce, who, again, I don't know why he didn't play more today. I actually thought when he came in in the first half, he was the one guy that like locked down Lowry, which was pretty cool. Um, I would have given him a little bit more run. But like they have young guys. They might they might still end up with a, lot- uh, a lottery pick this year. We'll have to see how that plays out. Like They have young talent. They should get better. So I can understand running it back too. I, I just think I've seen enough from Julius, especially – like, I'm probably a little bit more okay with just holding on to tips for now than I am. But, like, I've just seen enough from Julius where what? I am I am pretty comfortable with my feeling that you're never going to win a championship or compete for a championship if that guy's supposed to be one of your two best players. Um, no, no fucking way you just said you're co- more comfortable with tips. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Dude, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I'm sorry. No, 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 You spent an entire year praising Julius Randle. You spent an entire year praising Julius Randle, and he's amazing, and we all had to fucking lick his asshole. Okay, anyway, that's what I'm saying. I muted you, Schwinn. Um, Schwinn, you're muted. muted. Anyway. Like I was saying, let me talk first. Thank you. Um, dude, I I have watched Tibbs. Tibbs has just I, I get it. Julius has been bad this offseason. And again, I would be fine with trading him. I don't think they will. But like you cannot go into this, like the way Tibbs has mismanaged this roster and has literally cost his team games just with What did Julius do tonight, dude? Did he cost his team game? I so then what the fuck are you talking about? You're acting, like, you're acting like these guys are so diametrically opposed. Julius was out there in game three. He may as well have taken a fucking rhinoceros-sized shit at half court, and that would have been more productive than what he did. Like, give me a fucking break acting like one is like, how could you say that? If you think Randall is better, great. I don't have no problem with that. But don't act like there's no argument for for Tibbs or like, this is, this is not some insane thing. Okay. And at least with Tibbs, I know that he's going to come into work every single day and actually give a fuck. That might not be that great for for a variety of reasons, but I know I'll get that one thing out of him. Julius Randall, we got to fucking, we got to, we got to wait to see the game start. Give him five minutes. See what mood he's in. Is he smiling? Is he giddy? Is he, is he going to be, is he going to mope around? He's going to be sad. Do we need to fucking, you know, oh, just, you know, fucking keep praising him. Oh, Julius, you know, God, nobody in the world could play through the injuries that Julius is right now. Like, we have to have a fucking entire organization, you know, carry water for the guy to protect him. I'm sorry. The absolute energy that needs to go in for the entire organization to support Julius that has happened this year is fucking tiring to me. And the fact and that... the energy for Tim's in the time, are you kidding me? They what? literally had to change their entire you're house at, the game Wait, hold on. Are you kidding me? You're acting we like... You're, acting like, I, you're acting like I love Tibbs. That wasn't what I said. You're fucking... <laughs> no, you might as well be kidding me. You're going crazy. You're going crazy because I said... You're going crazy because I said... If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I would pick Tibbs. I, I didn't say, no, no, I didn't no, say, oh no, my God, 
No, you're if, like, oh, if we trade, if we trade, if you want Randall, the that pale guy. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Tom Thibodeau was on the verge of getting fired, and literally the front office had to save his ass and handhold him and walk him to 47 wins. Are you freaking kidding me, dude? If Tom Thibodeau was still running the running the situation where he was supposed to be running the situation, we would be in the fucking plan. Are you kidding me? You, you're, it's, you're just irrational about Randall. So no. I honestly don't care about what you're No, doing. you're trying to tell him he's not somehow. No, Tom I'm not. Like, I, I actually, I Tom just said, I just said, I literally spent the first 10 minutes of this talking about how I th- think Tibbs probably needs to go and is holding us back. So if okay, you're so taking away from that, you're, you but you're taking, but you're, you're, think, you're losing think, your mind. I you're think Schwinn's point that is that, more that, so like, that it's like, would I it's rather more consistent my what you're getting? My pants? Like no, you're neither, not, neither, neither of these choices, neither of the choices are particularly appealing. But I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably rather pee my pants than shit myself. Oh like, my if that's the choice. I think but what like, she was getting at is that with, like, with Thibs, you, you have a baseline of what you're getting. You have been punting the table away. Are you kidding, man? What What are we punt? What is... What, what Dude, are did you not miss all of last season and then the first part? The first quarter? No, 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 no. Tyrese. You want to talk about last season? season? You really oh, want to man. talk about last season? Oh, man. Really you didn't miss it. Probably the people that were like, what the fuck is wrong with Julius Randle? <laughs> oh, <laughs> those oh, people oh, that just like, like, bury their head, head in the sand and act like everything was great. And oh, oh, Julius had that good week on the West Coast. That's good. That's good. We saw it. He played good on the West Coast trip. Oh, Tom's going to play the quickly. 23 minutes a day. He's learning, guys. Like, come on. I don't. Tom You're Thibodeau acting like I'm saying Tom Thibodeau is beyond reproach. This is the difference. Tyrese, if you can't argue rationally, like if all, if your argument is taking something I said and turning no, it into no, this extreme, you're taking Thibodeau what I said. You're taking what I said and turning it into this extreme thing of me being like Tom Thibodeau's biggest fan or something, which is like not at all what I said. Actually, it's not at all what I said. I said if I had to pick one, I would prefer to pick this. Because he, and your reasoning was, oh, because he shows up and gives me a baseline. No, because baseline. I can get fucking value for Randall in trade, probably. Like, this isn't rocket science, dude. It's not that hard to comprehend. And I don't know if you fucking buried your head in the sand as soon as Julius started pooping his pants on national TV during the playoffs. I mean, I might have too. Um, like, like, if, if you if you want to bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's irrational to think that I, I'm just over that, over Tibbs, that's fine. I completely disagree with that because to me, a guy that's 28 years old who has had the level of support he's had from this organization, which he's not going to get on any other team in the league, by the way. Not a single other franchise in the league would put up with the bullshit that the Knicks did last year, first of all. They wouldn't fucking like hire Kenny Payne to go manage his feelings for a year and a half. They wouldn't do all these fucking things, praise him endlessly. Oh, Julius averaged 20, 10, and 5. He just, like, I'm sorry. He's not going to get this level of support anywhere else. And neither is Tibbs. So that's why I said either of them can go. If you put a gunman, like, you had to pick one, I'd, t- I'd pick Tibbs over Randall. But that doesn't mean much to me because I'm ready and very happy to move on from both of them if need be. That's what I think. Of, that's what I feel today. Um, I still think it's probably best to wait a little bit after the season, think about everything and analyze everything and come to a better and come to a reasonable choice. But, um, you know, I ultimately think they're probably going to running it back. So it is what it is. I mean, yeah, we all know they're running it back. So like, this is an argument that is pointless, but like, I'm sorry, dude. I, I look, look, 
Again, Randall's fucking sucked. I'm not going to say he hasn't sucked. Fucking Vice President Julius Randall Fanheim, whatever. Whatever you want to fucking call me. He's fucking sucked this this whole entire playoff on the side from game fucking two. But, like, I'm sorry, man. I've seen Tibbs for three years consistently not be able to maximize his players. I've seen Tibbs favor vets over young players. I've seen Tibbs have a fucking man crush on Alec Burks. They've turned into a man crush on Josh Hart. And they also have a man crush on Alfred Payton. Like, I don't think, like, great, he'll be great in the regular season. I don't think you can win with a coach that does that. I'm, I think my argument is essentially if you put Julius with a different, you put Julius with a different coach, would they be better? I'm not sure. But I think you would probably get more out of a different coach with Julius than you get from Tibbs having no Julius and then like a different roster. But I'm just entirely sick of like, get it, like, oh, what do we need to do to get more out of Julius? I'm sick of that. I'm sorry. Like, does does you think Spolstra sits around and is like he has to spend devote like hours and hours of his life to being like, how do I maximize Jimmy Butler? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. I think he like rolls out of bed and he's like, man, it's really nice having Jimmy on the team. Let me figure out how to maximize Caleb fucking Martin and Kevin fucking Love and pick a player. Pick a random, like a creative Taylor player. That, yeah, that that Pat Riley pulls out of his fucking like old age home or something. Uh, like like th- th- this is like Jalen Brunson. Do you really think that Tibbs has to think endlessly about how to like best use him? I don't. I think it's pretty straightforward. Sometimes Tibbs doesn't get it right, like when he starts Josh Hart next to him with RJ. But like, I think it's pretty straightforward how to get the best out of Jalen Brunson. It doesn't require a lot of effort. There's so much energy with Julius. There's so much energy with how to how do we get the best out of him? What positions does he need to be in? How do we get on the ball in these places? And you're not rewarded from that with like like to get, to be catered to that level. I need more. I'm sorry. I just need more. And he just, to be like a over, maybe he goes off and maybe the fucking light bulb turns on and we get, you know, fucking super shredder Julius or something. But I'm not optimistic about it. And I'm really, really frustrated and annoyed at this point of like having to like consistently every year figure out, okay, how do we get the best out of Julius? What does this require? How do we, and it's like, like the guy doesn't, he like, it's the, like I get in the regular season. If you want to mail it in for a couple weeks on defense, whatever, like that happens. You're doing this in like must win playoff games. Second round series against the Heat. I, I, I it's mind boggling. I'm sorry, and like it's more, it's more ridiculous when you watch Game Two, because Game Two is like his defense was there, his decision making was probably the best it's been in a long ass time. You, you know, going back to the regular season, even he made he took good shots. He was unselfish on the stretch of the game. Like all of the things were good, and then you like. How does that change like that within four days? You go from that to like one of the worst efforts he's given. And and the biggest concern for me with Julius is it started to happen at the end of the regular season. He was starting to have more and more of these fucking bad Julius moments, you know, Eeyore Julius showing up and we saw know, it in the Miami game. Saw it in the Miami at the game. end of the season. Yep, there was a Miami game. There was that shit against the Clippers where he freaked the fuck out. There was a thing against Orlando where he like got mad at quickly for trying to stop him from getting a technical foul. He got like 
and then you get like that Cavs series where he starts really well. I, I thought game one, I, I don't know, he shot like shit, but like I actually thought he played really well in that game. But it's like every game as the series went on, you're getting less and less and less. And then he has that total fucking like bottom out in game four. And then in the first half of game five, he looks like the best fucking, he's like dominating the fucking game. And you're like, I just, I can't do this. And it's, it's like too volatile for it, someone it, that's not a superstar. It's it's also like if if he would accept being like a third or fourth guy, you could probably live with that because you can get away with like maybe he doesn't show up every fucking night. But if you're one of my top two guys, I need you to be there pretty consistently every every night, and not just like I'm not just talking about you know consistent shot making or whatever. I'm talking about consistent con- effort. Yeah, consistently there. On like are you ends. consistently locked in defensively? Are you consistently executing offensively? Are you consistently not taking and making idiotic choices during, you know, end of clock, end of quarter, end of game situations. I mean, he, that two for one he went for at the end of the first half is like, you're 28 years old. You are a veteran. You are the veteran on this team, basically. The leader. How One of the, the leaders. For him to take that shot in that moment was so incredibly stupid and selfish. And we're he, he's lucky we didn't get punished for it. Right, because Brunson drew the charge, and like, look, Brunson, you want to talk about? It, I didn't think Brunson played a very good defensive game either, but like, he actually has real physical limitations defensively, and I would say like the effort was mostly there today. He's just he's, there's limitations with Jalen Brunson. With Randall, it's like there are no limitations. I've talked about this so many times before. When he's locked the fuck in on defense, that guy is an elite defender. He can be an elite defender. He's just not always locked in on defense. So. I I don't know. I'm that game was really frustrating in a lot of ways, but mostly for me, um, with regard, I I think a lot of the stuff. I mean, this is the real thing. Is I think a lot of the stuff that frustrates us about Randall is also tied to Tibbs in a lot of ways. Like symbiotic. Yeah, they're they're tied together. So yeah, I don't know. Um, that was a really frustrating loss. And those two guys for sure are like, you know, uh, again, I'm that's like right now, if you just put a gun, my, you know, you know, how do you feel about both those guys? Be like, get rid of them both. I think it actually requires waiting to see how the season ends whenever it does. Um, And really thinking about not just the season as a whole, but what options are really out there for you. Like it's, it's, it's all, well and good and easy for us to be like fire tabs, trade Randall, whatever. But especially with like trading Randall, like it, that's not just, you can't just like wake up and be like, okay, let's make an awesome trade right now. Like that's not how that works. So uh, that's like, that's a little bit trickier to me, but they don't get the, like last year, the argument fairly was that he was a negative value contract, right? So you'd have to unload value to, to move him. That is not the case now. And I know that the playoffs have not necessarily made him look like a fucking stud. You can't tell me there's not a team that wouldn't just take him. Like, I would not risk something for him because he's been productive and he is super durable. We know that. So a second-time All-Star might make an All-NBA team again this year. Like, Which is going to look hilarious in yeah. hindsight. But it's it's hard to... I, I reject the idea that they would not be able to trade him this offseason. Now, is that realistic for them? Can they make a trade where they – we know that they want to win basketball games. Can they find a trade where they still feel they can compete or compete at the same level they are now? Um, 
while moving him? Maybe, maybe not. If they can't, is it worthwhile? Do they get enough capital? Does that get them closer to maybe having more ammo in the chamber to trade for the level of a superstar that they ultimately want to acquire? I don't know. Those are, it's hard to say. But um, I do think this summer, the logic of like, well, they'd have to unload value to, um, th- there's no, there's, they don't need to unload value to move Julius this offseason. They'll get positive value back, but like ideally, if they're going to trade Randall, it's going to be a, a trade for a better player. But the problem is, how many better players are you going to be able to get with Randall? Who fits the position that needs to be? All right, as we can see, let's get into some comments. Um, all right, Mental F. He says, don't want to sound too reactionary, but it feels like this team needs a leadership change, which we kind of been hinting at this whole 40 minutes to start. Um, coming out with this effort in a must-win game is inexcusable. Um, I don't think their effort was bad. I really don't. Like I, I certain I, players' I, effort. I think Randall's I effort. I think Randall's effort was bad. And I think our I see, like I think the easiest thing is to say that when you get beat on the glass, it's about effort. And to some degree, yes, it is. This is about boxing out. Yeah, but to me, that's like RJ is just not – he doesn't box out. That's just a thing. Like, it's always been a thing. I've talked about this much before this. That's not – he's not giving bad effort. It's like he doesn't actually box out. Randall doesn't box out. That's another guy. Like, so if you want to say that's bad effort, okay, I kind of get that. But I really didn't – I thought the Knicks – there were multiple times in that game they could have actually quit. Um, and they didn't. I thought they kept fighting back. Uh, it wasn't pretty. They weren't perfect. God knows that. But I thought they, I thought they battled. I thought they wanted to be in the game. I thought they tried to get back in the game several times, and they they got close, but they just couldn't get over the hump. I, I don't know. Do I? Do they need a leadership change? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I think they probably do, but you know, you know, it could also just be as simple as like. Can other voices emerge if you take away like Randall's ostensibly he's basically grandfathered in to be a leader on the team, right? Because of his status and everything. If you take him out of the equation, does that elevate other voices in the room? And I don't know, how does that play out? I it's it's all very you know, we no idea to be honest. But he um yeah, like the effort part of it, I, I I get where people are coming from. That I guess I just have a, a little bit of a different interpretation. I think I, I could also interpret this as like he, he's talking about the effort from the leadership of the team, which yeah, would be yeah. Julius Randall, because he is one of the leaders, and his effort was shitty tonight. Um, it, it was better in the second half, but it's like it still wasn't great or anything. And it's just why do you need a half to like give that effort? You know why can't we just? Do yeah, that? it's the playoffs. That should be. On go. Um, all right. We also got Christopher Vieira. He says there was a there has to be a better way to run offense. Also, why did we keep having Jimmy switch on to Brunson to ISO? Yeah, that definitely confused me. Um, he, I he wants to make Jimmy and Bam work on defense. That's fine. That's the right idea. Um. I don't think attacking them in ISOs is the way to go about. It's definitely not the only way to go about doing it. And honestly, like that's just 
how like I think that's one of his that's probably the biggest limitation he has as a coach is offensively the only way he really attacks bad defenders is you know mismatch hunting putting them in the action and trying to attack them directly whereas you see like watch how Spolstra is attacking Jalen Brunson right like he's having Max Drews run around off ball and shit like that like it, he's having Max Drews screen somebody else pop out whatever it is they're putting him in different actions it's not and it's not just oh, always on the ball I mean off ball stuff too there's ways to exploit bad defenders that aren't just isn't just mismatch hunting but Tibbs doesn't like doing a lot of stuff off ball um, which is a very like Jeff Van Gundy disciple type of belief to have and that's what it is so like he wants to make those guys work which is the right idea he's just not ever going to think about how I could do that without putting them in the action on ball and obviously that leads to stuff like Jalen Brunson isos on Jimmy Butler which yeah the less we say about that the better yeah <laughs> um, alright Brent brings up that there is legit no material difference in the difficulty of shots Jimmy gets with Hart instead of Grimes or even RJ yeah I think Grimes and RJ they did a pretty decent good enough job on him um they also kept like sending doubles really early. Where they didn't even give Grimes um, a chance to really guard Jimmy a couple times, especially earlier in the game. Um, but yeah, I thought like so so many people, and probably Dibs is the reason for this. Just thought that Grimes would be incapable of guarding um, Jimmy. Um, I don't know how many people forgot the games that we played against Miami in the regular season. I understand Jimmy's on a different level right now, but still, I liked Grimes' chances against Jimmy. Um, as you saw tonight, I mean, Jimmy was going to get his regardless. It was more about just stopping the heat and their satanic three-point shooting, which I am, like, so tired of. Like, they literally hit every single timely three. Um, and I think that hurts us way more than, you know, Jimmy getting going or anything like that. Did Jimmy even get going today? How many no, points? Not really. What he, have he had, like, 26, 27. He 26. That felt like the most quiet, uneventful 26 I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I didn't think Hart. I, well, for all, I thought Hart just sucked today across the board, full stop. I didn't think defensively he was very good. I didn't think offensively we don't even need to talk about it. Um, he just he did not have a good game today. Um, I think Grimes played pretty fucking well today. Uh, he clearly has some some yips when he's on the ball offensively right now, but like that's kind of to be expected for a guy making. His first playoff appearance this this you know in this year, um, and you know his role has been you know he went to the bench and now he's back in the starting lineup moving around doesn't help the cause, but I thought he I thought he played well today I thought his defense was really good, um, obviously you would like if he I mean he went what three six from three it's hard to be like oh he's got to shoot better but he missed that one wide open in the corner but it's like all right so it just happens sometimes I thought he played well um, and honestly I just. He doesn't get the ball enough, so that is what it is. Um, but yeah, and I will say, like, I don't know about the RJ piece of it. I, I just RJ just doesn't get into Jimmy at all. Like he, he just kind of is there, and Jimmy is able to operate around him. I don't think he played bad defense, but it's just like I don't think he doesn't really challenge Butler physically in a way that you would expect. I actually his defense today on Gabe Vincent was actually pretty good. Um, and, and and actually, the, the the change that again, Spolstra. This is how you know the man is a genius. Uh, bringing uh, Caleb Martin in 
for Vincent in the fourth quarter was really smart because I Gabe Vincent doesn't get those offensive rebounds. He doesn't, you know, get the dunk that Caleb Martin does. But I, I think that was a conscious choice by him. And I'm almost I'm positive that he was telling them to crash the offensive glass. Um, Lowry got an offensive rebound over RJ. I think Caleb got two. So, like, you know, that's one for RJ where really good offensive game from him. I thought he had some really, really good moments today on that end. But that's one you got to hope that he looks at that film and is like, mm, man, if I just boxed out these guys, you know, we could have gotten a possession here down four, down six, whatever, with five minutes left. It's like totally different ball game. You got to really value every possession. Um, and I feel like maybe he let his eye off the ball there a little bit. Definitely. Um, all right. Um, there's a lot of comments here about Randall. I, I'm not going to really address them since we kind of spent a huge portion of today's show already talking about Randall. Um, but I, I do acknowledge that they are there. This one is weird, though. I saw the quote. Maybe they want it more. It's like, come on. I don't know why you're saying that. Like, what? you need oh, to... M- Menno F says, Julius with a weird post, weird quote post game. Maybe they want it more. It's kind of wild, dog. Like, why would you say that out loud? I don't agree with that at all. Like, that's not the message you're supposed to be giving out. He's basically giving up. Like, if you're saying stuff like that. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. That's, I don't care about that. That quote doesn't bother me that much. I mean, the full quote isn't that bad. Maybe they want it more. I don't know. That's who we've been all year, and we've got to find a way to step up and make those plays we want to keep the season alive. The only part of this quote that actually bothers me is that's a moment for you just as a team lead. Like, we've seen Brunson do this fucking 15 times, right? He's like, that's my fault. I've got that's to be on better. me. I got to be better. Like, Randall be better never does that. He, he almost never, if you always, and this was like something I talked about last year when he was, you know, having his, whatever the hell was going on with him last year. Uh, but like, when shit isn't good, he'll always he likes to turn everything into a collective thing. You know, we've got we to gotta be better. Yeah, we, we gotta rebound the ball better. Yeah. And also, like a lot of times when shit hit the fan last year, he just was like shielded from the media because the team just was like, Nope, Julius is not available for, you know, questions today. Um, and you know, we never really got to hear a lot of that accountability. We we got a little bit more of it this year. But yeah, like you said, it, it's more of a collective thing when he when he talks about, you know, what the team or what he needs to do better, it's more of like, we got to rebound the ball better. We got to defend better, you know, shit like that. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, but like, I'm. it's also like J- Jalen Brunson's right there and he's just like giving you the blueprint of what to do. So it's like. We need to just sign Draymond Green and have him fight Julius. <laughs> That's what we need to happen. Um I just this is totally random. I really enjoyed that sequence in the fourth quarter when uh, Brunson was at the free throw line after the flagrant foul got called, and Jim Jackson was like, uh, "So they could get a five point possession? Oh no, wait, four? Uh, oh no, uh, six? I'm like, dude, just give it up right now, man. Like, <laughs> this is not hard math, but dude. he he was struggling real bad. <laughs> he was struggling real bad. He was." terrible with all the foul calls by the way too like every single time there was a foul like he was just like befuddled by like the reasoning for it being called yeah he was he was definitely interesting 
Um, <laughs> I will say, like, the refs were bad. I think they were actually bad both ways. So, you know, it's frustrating, the calls that go against you, but it's like, you know, that foul, like, the, the one that we challenged that we won, like, I guess that's the letter of the law, but I, I don't know, man. Like, that... That one shocked me. Like, yeah. I thought this was an idiot for yeah. challenging that shit. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Um, they, they, I mean, we got a couple calls. It's fine. It, I, I didn't love the charge calls that we kept getting called for. The, the charge block stuff, like, completely went... Caleb Barton was today. able to just, like, fully run over Jalen Brunson and got a foul for that. That was wild. Um, they but finally you, called Bam for an illegal screen, by the way, but like, I know. It, wasn't, it wasn't one of his, like, most egregious ones, which is, like, wild. But I think, you know, you know, you talk about experience, all that stuff, like... You see all the small bullshit ways that like Kyle Lowry draws fouls and shit like that. Flopping. That's the, yeah, that you know he's hooking his arm when he drives and all that kind of shit. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I think. That's like where Miami just keeps winning every margin. It just feels like every time they need a play, well, he retires will be a parade. Yeah, I know, but every every time they need a play, they can they're able to manufacture something. I think that's something. Um, you know, again, you have a young team. These are the moments where they probably mess up but we'll see I, I still think that um you know i think the next i think the next one game five i do think that they will come back that. yeah the, the fake the fake comeback in the series that's that's diabolical maybe they want to come back um all right let's see Hawkeye420 says, can we say that we are more talented? He'd have better shot makers than we do. Seems like they have smarter players, too. I think that goes into the part that Schwinn talked about with guys just having more experience. Um, They're definitely more experienced than us um, with, you know, Jimmy, Bam, Love, Lowry, Spolstra. Like, that shit matters. Um, They also just, like, are on a crazy hot shooting streak right now. Like, they, I mean, some of these games in this series, they haven't shot well. But, like, he seems to hit almost all of the timely threes that, like, absolutely kill us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's what it that's what it comes down to, I think. Um, and, like, having smarter players or having more experienced players allows you to win on the margins the way the Heat have in game one and this, this game as well. Miami shot 13 of 39 from three today. Like I said, time it's the timely threes that kill that's us. That's what I'm saying. They, like, I don't want to hear this. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear that they have a more talented roster. No, they don't. They have a better coach, and they have a coach who actually uses his roster in diverse and multiple ways. Again, look at the sets they run for, like, Max Struess. You could do that with, like, Quentin Grimes. I'll give you fucking $15. You can show me the last time we ran a bunch of fucking, like, double drag screens and have fucking, you know, Struess running around. It doesn't happen. We don't do that. There's no movement. They also have the like an endless supply of goat blood. It seems like to drink before <laughs> yes. the games, but like, like they, there's no, they use all their guys, they empower all their players. Like, you think Gabe Vincent is doing this for fucking Tom Thibodeau? Yeah, like undrafted rookie free agent. No, he's not. I'm sorry. He's playing like Like Duncan Robinson got dusted off like three weeks ago. He's he got 11 minutes tonight. You know, like. Deuce got what? How many minutes did Deuce get tonight? Deuce four. got four. I was say, yeah, I was about to say less than six. It had to be. Deuce so. got four. Obi Toppin got six. Like He's this six. is if Obi Toppin played for Miami, I guarantee he played. Basically, ran like a six-man rotation tonight. He played like fifteen minutes. Like this is, I I think Miami's talent is, you know, 
fine, I guess. I, I'll, I'm just not going to believe they have better talent than us. I think they have a better coach than us. I think they have a coach that knows how to empower his guys, and I think he has a coach that knows how to work all the margins in his favor and absolutely maximize everything that's at his disposal. That, to me, is the difference. And they have the, they have the best player in the series. Jimmy Butler's the best player in the series. They have that, too. Um, but the rest of it, no. I'm sorry. Like the smart, The smarter shit is more about experience to me than anything else. Like I think in two three years or something maybe, you'd be like oh the Knicks are like this like, very smart experienced team but you still got guys that are kind of young and figuring it out going through this stuff for the first time so um, yeah I I feel comfortable saying that we are more talented and I think they are way way more disciplined and they are they've been here they 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 know exactly what to expect in a playoff series and it's showing. Yeah, um, this comment by G Marley kind of gets out what you were saying. Um, crazy how, the, how good the Heat use screens and pick and roll compared to us, and how poorly we defend it. We also don't set good screens, which is a problem. Yeah, which yeah. is coaching ultimately. I, I think that really like, and and it's to a point. I mean, this has been going on now for what three years with Tibbs. So it's like, at some point, I have to just believe that either he doesn't particularly care that they're setting bad screens, or he wants them to slip every screen or something. I that's I can't. I th- I, th- I think it's the latter. I do think he wants them to slip every screen, which is yeah, like. So... And it, it feels like by design they want them to slip every screen so that way they can like put themselves in position for the offensive rebound. And credit to them, they can bounce out and they can box out and get offensive rebounds. But like there needs to be a, an emphasis on actually setting good screens in order to like get offense. Like Taj Gibson, Lover him can set a fucking screen. I mean, it's just, it's really frustrating to watch how Kyle Lowry is able to, like, get free using their screens, and Brunson has to work so goddamn fucking hard to get an open shot. Yeah. I think kind of, like, that's why Kyle Lowry's been effective as he has, because, like, he just is, has so much room to operate with, and the Knicks are just not helping their case at all. I cannot believe Kyle Lowry is fucking in this game off melee. That 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 feels disgusting to me. It's just disgusting watching Kyle Lowry get his game off. Disgusting watching most of the Heat players get their game off. Max Struess is cooking us, bro. Max Struess. I mean, that, that was prime target number one of who was gonna cook us in this series from three. Some people have known about Max Struess. <laughs> who? <laughs> Some people. A lot of people. Max Truce is like a known guy to get hot versus us. Like, um, shot seventy five percent from the free throw line tonight. Wow, that's an improvement. We shot better than they did. Crazy. Can't believe it. Gotta win one battle. Um. All right. So Chris Bernhard points out. Difference between RJ and Julius is that you have much more time with RJ for him to get better on the glass. At least we we've seen RJ be good defensively in the postseason. Julius hasn't decisions. Um, also, this kind of I guess ties in a little bit. Um, Hawkeye four twenty says people using this opportunity to shit on Grimes and IQ. Hopefully, people start giving young kids a chance. RJ came through despite a whack regular seasons. Nick's still on the right path. Um, yeah, I mean, like with someone like Grimes, this is his first postseason. Um, you know, today he shot the ball pretty well. Um, he's been defending pretty well as well throughout the, the postseason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, RJ kind of gives you that that hope 
or um, to, you know, keep trusting the work that the young guys are putting in that, you know, they'll put it all together and they'll, they'll be able to put together a consistent string of good games. I mean, last game wasn't so good for RJ, but he kind of bounced back pretty well tonight, offensively, especially. Um, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I really find this funny. Like, and to this point, um, you know, people using this opportunity to shit on these guys. Like, it's just really funny to me that Guess guess who has the best net rating on the team in the playoffs? Quickly. Yeah. Yeah, he's plus five. Uh in 175 minutes. Brunson's a plus two point nine in three hundred and fifty. Randall's plus one point three in two fifty-eight. Hartenstein's plus one point one. Grimes is plus zero point nine, and then everybody else is some kind of minus. Um, with Barrett being minus five point seven. Uh Hart is minus one point six. This isn't to say that quickly he's played great in the playoffs and this proves it. But again, this is like he had some re- he had a few really bad offensive games in the series, and it went from like I, I just I, I really think people's view of how he played in the Cleveland series is very interesting to me. Um, but he has to he obviously needs to shoot the ball better than he has in the series um, or in the playoffs so far anyway. But um yeah like i think these are good experiences for our young guys especially like you know struggling in the playoffs isn't some abnormal thing for young guys like uh i think i was looking at tyrese maxi's numbers and his splits look okay but he's like 50 he's like at like 52 true shooting for the playoffs right now and that i don't think he's played bad from what i've watched i think he's like yeah it's hard Dude, like you're on the scouting report, especially when you're one of these guys. Like this is the first time Quickly's gone up against an opponent of multiple opponents that have him on the scouting report and get to see him game after game after game after game after game. Like that's a different experience, you know. And I think he's had to he's struggled with that. And I I believe he'll come he'll he'll be better for it moving forward. Like I think Grimes is struggling with just like finding a comfort zone in the moment. I think it's a good experience for him. I think he'll be better for it. Um, RJ, like, you know, he struggled all season and in the playoffs is probably the best he's looked all year, you know, um, aside from December when he was really good, like he's, he's playing at probably the best level that he has, you know, for, for a while now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they will be better for it, but yeah, it's, it's not, (laughs) doesn't make it easy and it doesn't make it pleasant in the moment, but um. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um. Could definitely use whatever I had on Saturday after this next <laughs> game. I mean, like ultimately, I think every good playoff team starts with like getting their ass kicked. Um. Like these guys will be better in the long run for it. Like to win in the playoffs, you need to play in the playoffs. That's a very important thing. Like you need that ability to like have that experience or have that poise and have that goal. And you don't get that unless you have like these moments consistently. So like in the grand scheme of things, a second round exit is like ultimately I think a lot of us would sign up for it. It just sucks you're losing to the heat. It's it's also it's like it's also the way that you're losing. It's the way that they're losing because, like, you kind of feel like, first of all, you feel like you have the advantage. I and mean, second of all, you kind of feel like 
you're losing these games more than the kids are winning these games. So that's what really makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see. All right, Chris Vieira. We look so unprepared in the second half when Brunson was getting pressed by Gabe Vincent. Just so frustrating and embarrassing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think he needs to always bring the ball up. Um, but, like, we also saw a whole bunch of times, like, when other individuals brought the ball up, it wasn't the best situation as well. So, I don't know. I mean, it's I also think... where, you, where you miss quickly. Because quickly you can, like, actually bring the ball up in those situations. Like, well, yeah, I, I just, again, like, this is the stuff that actually pisses me off about Tibbs, where it's like he had this formula in the regular season that worked, and then he just decided to go away from so much of what made it work because he, like, quickly started off game one against Cleveland poorly, and then from that point on, he basically just didn't trust him. And so we didn't get a lot of Brunson quickly minutes, right? We didn't get a lot of Brunson quickly heart. We didn't get a lot of quickly Grimes heart. Like, we just punted on a lot of lineups that worked because – he had a bad start to the series and there's been a trickle down effect with that. And it got exacerbated because Grimes got hurt. Right. So then he starts Josh Hart and then it's like, he's playing Josh Hart and RJ Barrett, all these minutes together. They, they, again, today, those minutes were awful. Like that just, I think, I think they lost the game in the second quarter. They did. Like, that, that, that the game was brutal. close, but like that stretch where they basically had no creation on the court. And they essentially had like three non-shooters or four non-shooters. If you consider the fact that fucking on their court, like, Hell, five. I would consider it five. They played. They essentially played a lineup with no creation and no shooting, and like they didn't expect to get killed. It made it no just, sense. It's like I. How many? So I'm just gonna look this. So okay, Brunson played 44 minutes today. Randall played 39. How do you even have a single stretch of the game where not where one what? of them isn't on the floor? That's just crazy. Like, I when he did it, I was like watching that. And I'm like, this is not going to be good and and this is again like why you know oh like quickly struggling yeah he is struggling and part of that is like you went from playing in with josh hart and like josh Hart's not the greatest creator in the entire world but he does give you another dribble drive threat and he does help juice the team in transition especially that bench group you took that off and now you're exclusively playing in the half court and he's playing like most of his minutes you know with ob and Hartenstein, and then it's like RJ and maybe Grimes, you know, when Grimes came back from injury. But it's just like, there's not a lot of dynamic creation. Your defensive rebounding is taking a major hit. Um, Like, it's just a weird thing to just all of a sudden change all this stuff. And and then to just expect players to perform regardless. I, I don't know. I just, to me, it's this a bridge is, too far. This is the type of shit that you experiment with in, like, in the regular season. So that way, like, if you do want to try it in the playoffs, you have prior knowledge and data to go off of to see, like, would it work versus what? The thing is, like, it, they did. Sorry, that's. I do. Um, I do. Um, Jesus. But, like, they did try it in the regular season. Like, we saw a bunch of RJ Hart minutes, and it's like, we know they don't work. So I don't know why he went back to it. Like, I can understand Grimes being hurt, but the fact that he didn't start quickly and wanted to start Hart instead of, like, Instead of quickly in that game four, like that's 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 ridiculous. You knew you knew IQ worked all season, and the fact that he swung that far in the other direction, that just kind of shows you like who tips this. Like 
he was never going to trust quickly in that moment. He was never going to trust quickly in that moment. And now he just he just messed up the synergy of all the of all the units because he well he had to play Josh Hart. So yeah, yeah it's 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 like not even I can actually understand. Like I I said this at the time I understood why he did it against Cleveland. It made sense to me if you just think that the possession battle is where everything is going to be won or lost, and it was. But like, th- like when you make choices like that, it's hard to bring it back. You know, when you need it in this Miami series and, you know, forgetting just, you know, quickly can struggle on his own. Right. Fine. But like it's more about, okay, RJ and Hart together. Now they're starting. How does that impact everything else in your starting lineup? How does that trickle down now to the rest of your team, your bench units, all that stuff? And it's like it's just been such a negative. And even today, like, yeah, obviously they fucked up in that second quarter stretch, but. Hart played poorly today, but I think you could actually see, like, oh, right, yes, this is how it's supposed to work. You could, like, see it. They didn't execute it particularly well, but the starters played well today for a reason, and that's even with, like, all the stuff we said about Julius, right? Like, in in various issues that he had, and some of RJ's struggles in the glass and all that type of shit. Yeah, they were still down one after the first quarter. So, like... It, it just kind of felt like there were opportunities there, but then that lineup came in and they just kind of could not close the lead from there. And it was essentially like a five-minute stretch without Brunson or Randall on the court. Or rather, it was a three-minute stretch. It was a three-minute stretch, and yeah, it kind of just sank the team. Um, also, I don't know why Hartenstein only got like... 14 minutes today. That makes this, sense to me. this is supposed to be Hartenstein's series, honestly. Like he, this is this is the perfect matchup for him. Like, but we're not like you're not do like again. You go, I know and I understand that they're gonna throw different things at you that they didn't throw at you in the regular season. But like one of the things you we had success with was using him, in, not just in pick and rolls, but like using him from the top of the key, using he, him in the at the elbows in the post, getting him in there and having him. You know, have cutters move off. Of yeah, and we're not doing any of that. So, like, you know, I I just don't know what he's supposed to do when he's out there. Like, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Maybe I need to go back and watch this. I didn't watch his minutes and feel like he's singularly killing us right now. I I thought he got put in shitty spots. He got put in with like weird lineups. He was in that entire second quarter lineup, right? What we just talked about, where it's like I don't know what to do with any of that. Because that entire lineup is just, it's just not, nobody's going to benefit from that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, there's no spacing for RJ. You make, you're giving him too much usage that he can't handle. Josh Hart's worst tendencies are being exposed because now you're making him a ball handler. Obi Toppin doesn't have any like lanes to cut in because the Hulk pit is congested and Big Bradders is out there playing defense with like his offense struggles. And you know that's a fact, but like you're making him like arguably the best, the best spacing in the lineup. And that just does not work. Yeah. It was just miss like the play should have been take Randall out of the first quarter, put in Obi, and then try to stagger those minutes and put at least Randall in the court with those guys. It just made no sense. I don't know why we're not running Randall Hardenstein together. Yeah, I, I I just this entire game is really, really frustrating to me. Um and it just kind of feels like that the margins are so slim. Like these games have been Six, seven, eight 
point losses aside from game four, but or game three rather. But like you kind of feel you kind of feel like you could have won game one with better shooting. You could have won game uh three, I just or game four rather. Like it just kind of feels very frustrating that like a couple mishaps from lineups and stuff like that are just not helping this team. Yeah. It's been rough. Oh, man. And that is to keep it light. Um, Meno F, I guess this goes back to the discussion earlier going on um, about Bibbs versus Julius. Meno F says, I feel like they might just keep Julius around because they know his play in the regular season. Can pretty much guarantee you a spot in the postseason. That's ugly after that. And he said, obviously, playing alongside Brunson. Um, I mean, yeah, like in the equation there, but yeah, they're not trading an all NBA dude for picks and young players. Like, like we can, I can have opinions about it. And again, I was, I'm not against trading Randall, but at the same time, like you have to consider the fact that what the team wants to do is win and win a lot of games and postseason, like postseason is a different story, but like in the regular season, in the regular 82 games, Julius Randle is giving you all NBA level production. They're not trading that unless they could get another top 10 um, or top 15 guy. And again, how many of those guys are available and would fit with this roster? Like, your ideal is Jalen Brown, but he's about to sign a fucking Supermax. So, like, don't even worry about that. And then after that, it's slim pickings. But you're not trading him for Siakam. He's not doing Siakam. Like, you're not trading him for... Like, who are you trading him for that is going to make you a better team? And you can't say, well, let's trade him for, like, an asset and take a step back because, like, a step back for the Knicks, A, is probably them being, like, a low-receded playing team, and then B, is going to look bad at the front office, especially since I think Julius Randle is still going to be a good player in the regular season. So you just look dumb doing that. So the front office cares a lot about perception, and they're not going to do something like that, and they're not going to do it hastily. That sounds like that's a major issue. Yeah, I'm saying like I if you were to ask me right now who they probably get rid of, and I'm not saying this because I'm a fucking biased piece of shit or whatever, but like they would probably keep Randall over Tibbs because they kind of feel like well, you already know Johnny Bryan is likely going to be their succession plan. So you kind of feel like, well, let's see what we can get from a different coach. But I don't think this team punts on talent. They don't really punt on talent. And I think they prioritize, like, talent a lot. I mean, yeah, it, it's fine. I just – I just – I honestly think that, that this game today was just so ridiculous to watch from him. And it's not like it's some total outlier of, of performance, not- right? We've seen that from him all the time. And it's – like, I don't think – I, I, he seems like guys on the team are, you know, friends with him or whatever. But I, I have to believe that at some point there are guys in the locker room like, "What the fuck, man!" Like, it's one thing to have a bad game; everybody has bad games. It's another thing to just shit yourself. I don't know what that like. It's not that's not even shitting yourself. That's like shitting yourself and then smearing it all over it, your face. It's, it's just giving up. So much of that was just like you just you just gave up at certain points, and it's like, well, what the fuck, like. You know, like I don't think Mitch has played well in this series. But I wouldn't, if I were on, if I were his teammate, I would be like, 
annoyed with certain things he did, but I wouldn't be like, he's just fucking mailing it in, you know? I wouldn't say that about anybody, really. But, like, Rand, I mean, I don't know how else you can describe the last couple of games for him other than that, where it's like, you know, again, today the box score looks fine, and I thought the second half was better, but I, <laughs> I'm i never going to call that some good game from him. Like, no, like, he's got to be way better than that. And, um, you know, again, like, all... It, it's not there's it's like in every crucial moment in all these like you know in all the moments where momentum is you know in the balance it feels like he consistently made the wrong choices today you know he had that travel in the first half it's 43 39 you know uh, i forgot who missed a shot but mitch is able to poke the ball away randall gets the ball it's a three on one he's got heart wide open on the baseline for probably what will be a layup but he wants to get the shot off himself. He ends up traveling. You know, that's a huge swing. We already talked about that ridiculous shot he took at the end of the first half. Um, Dufour, he, had, baby. Uh, he had a turnover, I think. Uh, I mean, he had two turnovers to shut the game. He had another one in the second half that was bad. And it's like, look, I don't think he got a good whistle tonight. I thought a couple of those charges were bullshit. But it's not like if those charges went away, I'd have been like, well, that was a great game. You know, I'd still have probably been like, yeah. Wasn't that impressed with Julius tonight? So, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm very, I need, uh, whenever the season ends, I need to like not think about Julius Randall for a couple of weeks, and then revisit my thoughts about him. Um, Randall detox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all need one after this series, just like we needed one last year. The more things change, the more they also stay the same. Shout out Julius Randle. Um, Brent. What's up, Brent? Um, he says, if we run this team back next year, either we must improve or Thibs needs to implement a better offensive system to get Grimes more shot attempts. Good luck with that. If it ain't a catch and shoot, then he ain't getting shots up. Um, yeah, I mean, good luck trying to get Thibs to implement some type of better system to work to the benefit of shooters and role players. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's not going to happen. It's, I think the rotations are the best thing you're going to get from him, improved rotations, but to actually, like, is he going to actually make tactical changes and shifts? I, I'd be very surprised. Very, very, very surprised. Um, Vivek with some positivity. He says we were five missed defensive rebounds away from being tied 2-2. A rotational change from being up 3-1. Trying not to be too heated, but it's tough. I, mean, I don't agree with that at all. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think that a rotation change would have made us win game one or game three. Like, it kind of just feels like... Well, I mean... the. The change to heart and slugging letters and health at the same time, I, I, I still think we probably been 2 2 at best. I don't think it's 3 1. Oh, yeah. I don't know about 3 1, but yeah, I mean, 2 2 seems fine to me. I think yeah. you win game one if, like, guys are Ooh. not behind the eight ball, they're starting right up. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do agree with his larger point that, you know, there are things to be positive about and whatever, but I mean, this is, but this is why like the playoffs are one useful um, and two kind of suck when you lose, but because all your mistakes are magnified and 
Like, it's okay to be a bad regular season free throw shooting team. It's okay to make bad decisions in transition sometimes because in the regular season, the focus is not the same from your opponents, from yourself, from anybody, from the, the scrutiny on the game, the pressure involved. It's not the same thing. In the playoffs, that shit matters more. I mean, look at how many transition opportunities the Knicks wasted today. Look at how many stupid plays they made that cost them points directly. You know, either they they punted on getting points themselves or they gifted, you know, easy points to Miami, right? Like, like the fucking rebound that I don't know how neither RJ or Grimes came up with. They scored two points right after that. Like, it was a fucking eight-point game at the end of it. You know, that's that's two points right there. You've got the one that I just talked about where Randall could have dumped it off the heart. That cuts the lead to two at that point. He travels instead. There's the one I think RJ or Randall had another. He had a, a, a charge in transition. He had Brunson wide open. He had Grimes wide open on the wing. If you look at if you go back and watch the video, and Grimes adjusted it through the possession floor. And what did he do? Nope. He drives in, gets a charge. You know, like that's three possessions off the top of my head. And that's just in the first half. You can go find more in the second half. But it's like, those are the margins. And like when you, like, you know, there was, you know, they call a timeout. Next call a timeout. It's a six point game. RJ brings the ball up. This is in the third quarter. Brings the ball up. They trap him. He turns it over. Struce gets an easy layup. Pick six turnover. Like, you can't do that. You just, and like, you can't just give away buckets like that. It's so sloppy and it's poor, but it's, you know, that failure is made a lot of times what, like, you know, younger teams have to go through before they get to where you think they can and should be. But these are good experiences for them. It just, I just can't apply that to, to Julius, unfortunately, because I just, yeah, a little too old for that. And his mistakes are just so fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, they're just so bad. They're so sloppy. I can't, I can't do it. Ace Bouchard says that was the Heat's best punch, and that was our worst punch. Still got the Knicks in seven. Shout out Tony Pesta. <laughs> that guy. Oh, the days when we can laugh at others. I mean, like, ultimately, still a successful season, so I don't really care. Like, it just sucks losing to the Heat. Like, if you lose to the Bucks, then like, you're like, okay, fine, whatever. But, yeah. Lose to the fucking Heat makes it worse. Meno F says, who do y'all think has been the third best Knicks these playoffs? I think we'd all agree Brunson and RJ probably been one and two. Mitch. I mean, it has to be Mitch because it, kind of, like, it can't be hard. And Mitch wanted to clean the series ultimately. So. I'm going to be honest and just say I, I don't really care. <laughs> I, if whatever Mitch, fine. Yeah, it can be Mitch. That's fine. He played really well against Cleveland. Um, I think you could also argue Hardenstein if you wanted to, but I don't really care about this. I just very, very frustrating how this series, and not only this series, just this game in particular really pisses me off, especially on the heels of last game, which I thought was like, that was genuinely a coaching malpractice level of performance. This was more of a very annoying for all kinds of reasons across the board. This is just a step, guys, though. This is just a step. It's not failure. It's just a step like, towards success. I, I thought as bad as Julius was on Saturday, it was just really hard for me to care because I it felt like Tibbs punted the entire game. Like, he didn't do anything. He just sat there and was like, these are the rotations I decided before the game, and that's what we're going to do. And by the time he put in a good lineup, we were down 19 points in that game. Um, 
That was it. It was over. So this one was different. He actually, you know, played the starting lineup. That rotation in the second quarter sucked. But other than that, you know, it helps when you just play your guys the entire second half. But he at least played lineups that made sense for most of the game. So I'll take that. Um, it at least, look, it's important to eliminate all kinds of excuses for various guys. So at least we got that out of today. I barely remember Saturday, so. <laughs> for reasons that were basketball related. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I don't remember Saturday, so. Yeah, well, you didn't miss much. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the post-game sober. Great. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's see what other comments we got here before we wrap things up. I think we've spoke enough about this funeral-ass game. How would you all feel if the Knicks somehow pushed the series to seven? I'd be pissed because this series should have been over. <laughs> okay, if they win in seven, then, like, fine, whatever. I'll be upset. But, like, if they were to lose in seven, can you just, like, wow, you won three games from this team, which could have won probably two. Like... If they lose at seven, I wouldn't be. I mean, I'd be upset in the moment, but I wouldn't be upset over. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a successful season. Like, if they lose in six, like, I'm fine with that. If they can just get one more win, just don't lose at home. That's all That's all I'm going to have. Like, if you lose at home, if you let Jimmy Butler get fucking corny tweets off, like, I don't need Bleacher Report and ESPN getting their tweets off at MSG. Like, that pissed me off. That already has pissed me off. Because Jimmy Butler's going to be a fucking loser. What a cornball, dude. God. That entire team is really annoying. I'm so sick of Bam. I fucking hate that guy. Gets away with like all the bullshit, legal screens. Just Crazy. gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. He's like so injured three dicks on his own, dude. Like, so does Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller just wiped angry. <laughs> like, I can't even get mad at Cody Zeller. That's just it's like, a lot oh. of people in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Like, he just had to lose by Florida. <sighs> Like, I swear to God, Cody Zell probably has, like, a fucking leather jacket with a Confederate flag on his back. Like, <laughs> the way he cuts his hair, too, like, dude, he absolutely looks like a Nazi. Come on. Oh, but. I just... Vivek says, in retrospect, he was heated when he typed that out, by the way. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, like, I just, I mean, you talk about tactical approach and tips and all that stuff. Like, this guy... They, they're putting Zeller out there. They're putting Duncan Robinson out there. They're putting Kevin Love out there, and you just aren't doing a good job of hunting those those matchups. It's just that's a problem. Like, you know, you got to be able to punish teams, and they put weak defenders on the floor, and he just has not been able to do that. And you know, we can talk about is that a player issue? Do our players not capitalizing on opportunities? Are they not making the right reads? Maybe not. But like at some point, if they're not doing it, it reflects on you as as the coach. Yeah, it's also pretty jarring the stat 0-7 all time for Thibs in Game Fours when his team is down two one. Sheesh! You saw exactly why today he doesn't have his adjustment was what just play his best players more. That's it. That was his adjustment. Yeah. And like, yeah, he started Grimes, which congratulations, like that was the always congratulations. Game. The fan base has been telling you to do that since like game whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever you can credit for that, but the only adjustment he made was I'm just gonna play Blunt, Brunson, and Randall the entire second half. That was it. Did RJ play the entire second half too? I think he did. He might have sat for like a second, right? Because I think he sat for a moment and like Hart and got right back in. in. Yeah, I'll check it right now for you. Uh, yeah, he played twenty minutes. He played the same amount as Randall did, and Randall got fouled out. So, yeah, 
Yeah. And Brunson played the entire second half. Like, I'm just watching Golden State, and I understand they have Steph Curry, and it's obviously not the same thing, but, like, they've got – they're starting – this is the starting lineup for this Gary game. fucking Payne. Yeah, it's starting. Curry, Gary Payne the second, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and they're playing a team that's huge, you know? Fucking – the Lakers are a big fucking team, and it just shows you, like – I just can't imagine Tibbs ever even thinking about that. I've talked about this before, but, like, Gary Payne the second would probably – Fucking like Tibbs's brain would explode if you had to explain how to use Gary Payne the second. Like, wait, wait, wait. Like, he's <laughs> he's a fucking four who is six foot two. Like, I don't. I think that, like Josh Hart is like the closest thing to that on this team, and he somehow would just like Josh Hart. Like, he could somehow be creative for Josh Hart in spurts. And but he, but he wasn't like this. Is that like he's talking about Josh Hart can play the four? He's not fucking used about the four in the series. I don't think. Like, why would you not run a lineup out? Like, if IQ was healthy, of course. But, like, Brunson, IQ, Grimes, Hart, Randall for, like, a stretch and just see what it gets you. He literally closed the last game we played against him in the regular season with Hart at the four. But he won't do it, and he only did it because Randall was hurt. That's it. Like, he, he'll he never do it. This is why, again, it's like you're never going to learn about the full potential of your roster with Tom Thibodeau as your coach because there are certain things he will just refuse to lose or refuse to do because he doesn't want to ever risk, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. Well, unless yeah, he has determined that uh, his choice is correct. Oh, no, no, Alec Brooks is good. That's, that's perfect. Um, but, like, if he thinks something is bad, even if, even if there's, you know, uh, scope for it to become a positive long-term, he won't work that out in the regular season because, to him... You know, every game is is the only thing that matters, and there's nothing to be learned in losses and stuff like that. So, that's just his philosophy as a coach. There's some good things. There's good things and bad things to it. But one of the bad things is definitely that you don't, you're never gonna see like certain combinations and lineups that most other coaches would try at some point. That is really frustrating with somebody like him, and it's frustrating when you have a roster like this where guys are capable of doing things on and off ball, playing multiple positions, defending multiple positions, etc. Like, it is frustrating for me um, that we haven't, and we, we won't explore different options with this roster um, as long as he's the coach. And hopefully that's not for long, because if things keep trending the way they do, could be very soon that he is I, on the outs. I mean, like, he's not going to be in the outs. If anything, they'll probably just move into the front office first. Like, Ew. Dave's back in the front office. He probably did that this is the GM or whatever. But like it's a year four of his contract next year. They're not firing him. They're not they're probably just gonna like they're gonna run it back mostly next season and like they're gonna be a better team during the season than they were this year because they won't be they won't be like fucking behind the eight ball from the first twenty three games. But like yeah, it's the question of it's a matter of like how much you're gonna get out of your roster long term. Fun. Fun times. Fun times ahead. Um, all right. I think we're going to end things here. Um, shout out to everyone that's rocking with us. At one point, we had like 50-something viewers. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We are on our way to 1K subs. We recently passed 800 subs, so we are fastly approaching that. Um, make sure you guys check out everything strictly related in the description. Um, we got links to the site, merch. Check it out. We got brand new merch. And we probably still got some more coming, I think. Do we? I'm not sure. 
maybe. Um, stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, as you can see on the bottom of your screen. Make sure you're also following us Instagram. We are also on Patreon. Another way to support us all. Um, we appreciate everyone that's tuned in. We will catch you guys after game four. That is game five. I mean, what is that on Wednesday? Um, at MSG. So hopefully Knicks can a- are able to extend this series. Um, if not, we will have a funeral service here on the channel for the next season. Um, um, but it, as you all know, according to Giannis, this season would, will not be a failure. It will just be a step to the Knicks' further success in the future. Um, yeah. Never failing. Always learning. Yep, always learning. All right. We are out of here. Everyone have a good night and enjoy the next day. Peace.